So hello and welcome back to the podcast. Uh, and I'm so excited today to be here with Nick San and he's in Australia and I'm in Mexico. So we have to coordinate this time difference. But yeah, I read uh, some of his writings, you know, on social media and, and a couple of other podcasts that you did. And I really resonated with a lot of things that you said, not only specifically about ayahuasca, just like in general about like plant medicine and psychedelic healing and psychedelic assisted therapy. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm just so excited to meet you and to have a little conversation with you and hopefully that all the people who listen will enjoy the, the benefits of that. So um, I always ask people when they come on the podcast that um, how did you, how, how does the, did the medicine come into your life? And I love to hear, you know, these stories. Everybody has a oh, story. Yeah. And, and, and what is the biggest kind of thing that you can share with people that, okay, before plant medicine, my life was and after. Normally we oh. have this distinction that, that what did you take away so far, you know, from this, this experience? How long is this podcast, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to make maybe several episodes, yeah. but let's I'll just like around. scratch the surface today. <laughs> yeah. Um, how did I get it? Well, you know, I always was into um, mind altering substances but I had no context for them. Like, I remember when I was like eight, my brother got caught smoking pot. And, you know, I was at home at the time and there's this big hoo-ha. And I remember thinking at eight years old, I was like, I'm gonna try that. And I was like, oh, okay. I was just remembering this the other day. And then, um, then you know, I was in high school and uh, people were trying drugs, that's what happens. So I tried LSD and that was just completely blew my mind. I was like, oh my God, what the hell is this stuff? And uh, then I got really obsessed with acid and I did way too much, way too much, I'd say. <laughs> and um, uh, then I heard about mushrooms and I was like, oh, I'd like to try something a bit more natural. And I was just like always fascinated by the idea that's like, oh, you can take these things and you, you hallucinate. Um, I have to try this. So there's always some part of me that was interested in altered states of consciousness. Um, I think that if I'd grown up in an indigenous tribe, I probably would have been you know, picked out to do this sort of shamanic training stuff early on. But because I, there's none of that in this current Western culture, I just ended up in the drug culture and haphazardly trying to experiment with a lot of stuff. And, you know, I think there's a lot of um, latent shamanic people in, in, in that sort of drug culture, but they just don't have any context with it. So they end up in sort of addiction and, and all sorts of trouble. And um, then I got to about but I was always reading a lot of stuff about this stuff. Even in, in high school, I was fascinated. I'd go down to the library, read all the books. Um, I'd heard about ayahuasca when I was like in university. And I was like, well, I just thought I had to go to the, uh, the Amazon to try that. So I was like, one day I'll do that. Um, I got around to about 33. At that point, I'd been a comedian for 13 years. Uh, that's a whole different story. Um, nothing was working. Um, you know, I was like a car upside down with its wheels spinning around in the air. And so I managed to locate a facilitator just, I think it was just time, it was my time. If I'd had it before, it wouldn't have, it wasn't my time. So, you know, they say the medicine calls you when you're ready. And so that was my time. I ended up drinking this um, brew with a fella in Byron Bay, really nice guy, Sandro, and uh, a good facilitator too. And uh, also very nice tasting ayahuasca. <laughs> <laughs> um, he used to be a barista, so I think that helped. Um, 
And then I had a very uh, powerful experience where I communicated to the guy in intelligence, like literally talked to planet Earth. <clears throat> At that point, I'd say I was a cynical materialist, nihilist, hedonist. I didn't really believe in anything. I was very cynical. Everything was bullshit. Um, and I was just like, wow, that was, a, that was like something out of Avatar. Um, I have to try this again. Uh, so I managed to locate another facilitator. Um, and on my third experience with him, um, it was like a two-nighter. I experienced like a exorcism and I had like a, a malevolent entity taken out of my stomach and basically serious like 11 years of depression and uh, a whole bunch of associated coping strategies were just sort of not there anymore over like in, in the space of two days. So I was just like, what the hell is this stuff? And also all of a sudden I realized that spiritual realities were true and you could, you know, I'd read about all this stuff, but I never actually experienced it. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, this shit's real. Okay. And everything changed after that. And then, yeah. And then that sort of set me off on the path of uh, plant medicine. Wow. So um, even though you had experiences, many experiences from early on with, with psychedelics, but not in an intentional ceremonial setting, this was yeah. completely different. Why yeah. do you think that was, you know, that it was such a different experience than, for example, taking a bunch of acid before? Oh, intention. That's what it was. Like, I remember the first ceremony I did, um, and of course, the ceremonial container. Um, I just remember coming out of that going, oh my God, I've been doing this wrong all these years. This is what I was looking for, you know? I was looking for this in all the dance music festival culture, but there you just sort of take some acid and go dancing. And sometimes you get a healing, but it's very, it's not very um, efficient or effective sometimes, you know? And also a lot of the time you're going to run away from your issues in those settings, you know, you're just trying to escape. But, uh, that's the difference between medicine, right, and drugs. Drugs, you're escaping. Medicine, you're actually going straight into the reason why, you know, you're healing. Everything you're, you're afraid of. So um, that's what I realized, yeah. Right, right. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, we need some more episodes. You don't have to go into the juicy details, but... Um, I think that uh, through your journey, right, uh, you have a lot of experience and also uh, with other people. So I would like to focus today on um, some traps and pitfalls of the psychedelic path because I think that um, certainly I was very naive when I started on this path. I didn't understand, as you said, you know, I myself, I was born in Hungary and that was like part of communist uh, Russia at that time. So I had no spirituality. I had no understanding um, of, of how to work with these plants or what kind of processes and spirit and even like I was a psychologist you know I was like okay. I, I had western like the understanding more on the mental level things and so um, so I was certainly very naive and uh, I think that a lot of people are very naive and uh, uneducated when they kind of start going into this path okay. and, and exploring it and 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 also um, you know just just uh, it's hard to even when you read about things but you don't you don't have nothing to compare it to so you can't even validate the information right 
of like, yeah, so, so, and that's why I am so passionate about putting content out there, you know, from people who actually walked that path for a while now and, and they have something to share and hopefully that will make it easier for people. And the other thing is that I think that a lot of people have this unrealistic expectation that these medicines, some magic pill, and is the answer, you know, yeah. to everything. So we're going to... they are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Not all the time. <laughs> right. So, um, you know, the first thing that you mentioned as a, as a can be a trap or a pitfall is, is the obsession of healing. So t tell, tell me a little bit about what do you mean by that? Oh, um, yeah, I guess this is what I found in me, actually. Um, it came out of my first Iboga journey I had, and I only was able to write down one note during that whole journey because I was so completely out of it. And all it was this obsession with wellness is a sickness. And I just mm. remember thinking that, and I've seen this a lot through the scene, both myself and other people's processes, it becomes like this obsession. And the obsession is coming from a really um, broken place. Well, maybe broken is the wrong word, but it's, it's basically this, for some weird reason uh, in our culture, there's a lot of people who don't love themselves. I don't know why this meme is so um, widespread for our culture. There's various theories about because we haven't gone through any rites of a passage, there's no initiation, and also there's all these <clears throat> uh, destructive cultural programs operating in this time. But yeah, this 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 uh, belief that people have that they're not enough and they're not worth loving, and um, that they have to be absolutely perfect and perfectly healed in order to then be worthy of some kind of love, uh, which I don't even know if that idea of that love is even realistic. Um, and so plants, and this is just spread out through the whole wellness scene. You'll see these people, they go to all the, all the courses, they do all the online courses, they do, you know, breath work, they do <laughs> qigong, yoga, everything they can do. And, and it's this real sort of neurotic driving force, but they never quite actually heal the underlying <clears throat> problem. And if anything, that actually drives them to then, um, aggravated further by doing another course and then that's still not enough and like oh my god i'm still not enough like i'm not i'm, I'm not fixed like there's this point where you're fixed there's not there's several points where you're like okay uh i'm definitely better than i was say four months ago <clears throat> and okay yes i've definitely reached a level um but there is no there's no end point you know and you know it just keeps it just keeps going so um, I don't know. I feel like more, it's more now it's about the journey and, you know, um, making sure you don't, cause, cause then what happens is that you spend all your time healing <clears throat> and it becomes a very self-obsessed, almost narcissistic pattern. And, um, I think, um, yeah, I think once you get to a certain point of healing, there's a lot that you can actually give back and, uh, you know, it's good to then try and balance it out because what I've been finding is that when I'm helping people through processes and healing, that's actually ends up healing my crap as well. So it's just trying to find a balance, I guess. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's that in a nutshell. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. It's all about the balance, but I can very much resonate to, you know, what, what you're saying in, in my personal life and also working with people. And um, I think, you know, that I really, um, find that Dr. Gabor Mate and his interpretation of addiction being a coping mechanism to trauma, I yeah. feel that's very true. And uh, so that, that compulsion, that addictive compulsive pattern or energy 
I, I certainly seen it transforming my life and, and go into, well, healthier and healthier behavior, but it was the same obsession, you know, about, as you yeah, said, yeah. You of course, it. it's better to be obsessed about yoga than yeah. about heroin, for sure. I'm, I'm addicted to cacao now, so. Right, right. <laughs> But, but, but if you look at the energetic level and if you look at that, uh, you know, I'm still not good enough and I still have to do more and, you know, be better, then you are just at the same place mentally in that same loop than, yeah, than you yeah. were before. And, and, and it's good to be aware of that. And, and, and also, I think when people start to go within, of course, first, it's just like it fills up their entire world. So it's all about them. But as you said, that once you kind of, reach a level then then you can keep continue doing that but you have more space for other people and 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 um, helping others and and that's also part of you know our process and and, and our healing as well <clears throat> so, I, I do think though that there is a time where that actually you have to have the focus on yourself so i, I don't want to say that absolutely you know, yeah there's yeah. a lot of period in the beginning where it's like I haven't worked through any of my shit at all my yeah. whole life. So yeah, yeah. yeah. take some time <laughs> out then <laughs> for that. Because otherwise, sometimes you see the opposite where people do one circle and they're like, right, I'm going to become a facilitator and I'm going to help people, but they still haven't worked through. Yeah, relation. we're going to come to that. But actually, that ties into the next one, which is, you know, not necessarily being ready, you know, to do this kind of deep diving and self-discovery and healing on such a deep level. And I certainly resonate with that. Like I, I only work with the ayahuasca and, um, and I don't take on people for my program who never had any therapy before or who don't have a okay. spiritual practice or something, you know, like I, I, I recommend them to start with something just milder and more gentler and, and maybe, <clears throat> you know, because so I definitely feel that that it's amazing that there's so many medicines and plants and path and practices because everybody can find. But uh, I think that sometimes people can make choices out of the wrong places and say, oh, I want to go to an ayahuasca ceremony because all my friends are going and not yeah, because, yeah. you know, I think, you know, I'm ready, you know, to, for that experience. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, do you, what do you mean by not being fully ready and how can that end up kind of re-traumatizing a person instead of being a healing experience? Uh, it's, it's complicated because, like, um, I don't know if you can ever really be ready for something like that because it's so completely different to uh regular reality um so yeah it's it's a it's and also i've i've had people where you know i i was facilitating groups for about six years i've since stopped so um yeah in the beginning definitely i was taking you know i was a man on a mission i was like we need to get this to everyone we need to change the world you know i was a real evangelist so i was getting it to people who you know, it definitely wasn't as safe as the more, um, you know, the, the sort of probably the retreat spaces that you guys run, especially with the combined where you have a psychologist, you have a doctor, you have everyone, which is, I think, really great. Um, <clears throat> but um, so some people come in and maybe they weren't ready and they, but I do feel like sometimes they were meant to go through that because if they hadn't, a lot of people wouldn't want to do the, the therapy work because everyone's stuck in a quick fix sort of frame of mind in the West. You say, all right, well, why don't you go do six months of therapy first and then come back? I, I, I doubt that a lot of those people would actually do that because, you know, money, time, people just kind of, but 
then if you were to give people these medicines, um, that might actually then cause them to then go work backwards, which is what happened to me. Cause like, I was like, you know, I was just like, oh, I'll just drink medicine and I'll become enlightened. And then, you know, after nearly losing my mind, I realized, oh, actually I have to work backwards now. It's not, <clears throat> I have to, <clears throat> and now I'm realizing I have to do everything. You know, I have to, I have to do my Qigong practice. I have to do my meditation practice. I have to go do therapy now. Like, <laughs> so, you know, so it's sort of like, it's very, it's very hard, but I do know what you mean by people just experience chasing now, because, you know, I've definitely noticed a change of demographic from when I first started out, where it's just sort of countercultural people and maybe people who um, had tried everything else and they'd heard about this stuff. So they were really, really wanted it because nothing else worked for whatever their issue was. And now, and then towards the end, I started noticing, oh, okay, this guy's, oh yeah, I heard about it in a podcast, but I just want to see what it's like, <clears throat> which is fine because sometimes those people do encounter really deep healings, but I did see it becoming, I could see the fad sort of stuff happening. Uh, which meant that because our culture, I'd say, is pretty emotionally immature, um, a lot of people would then be like, oh, yeah, I'll try this ayahuasca thing. I heard some celebrity talk about it. And then it's like, just here's your stuff. And they're like, <laughs> and so um, it was really confronting to some people. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in two minds. I don't really have a solid uh, position on it because you know I, I do feel that it is good to be safe and to be careful and to be as gentle as possible and obviously you don't want to re-traumatize anyone but then um, on the other hand uh, you know sort of whole world's kind of going to shit and um, uh, you know <laughs> this is kind of a question of time thing what are we waiting for right yeah, yeah I, I, I resonate with that and, and, and I think the ayahuasca is especially like that and, and I totally hear what you're saying because you know from from a spiritual perspective for me i think i trust the medicine and if somebody was called to the medicine yeah. and they seek it out and they make effort to go there and you know that means something um my comment was more about that i have a very specific problem or or a program and and uh, um i i can say to people that I don't think this is the best for you, what I can offer and maybe somebody else can support you, you know, better yeah, yeah, yeah. in that or something like that. But but I, I, I do believe and also I think this this can go so deep to this conversation that what is healing, you know, what what yeah, what yeah, is yeah, a yeah. healing experience, you know, like I have some pretty crazy stories about that that I witnessed and went through. <laughs> so <laughs> But um, I mean I totally do understand there are some people that I met where I was just like, no, this does not seem right. Uh, this person definitely getting strong intuitive feeling that this would, this would break them, especially because some of these people, at least in the beginning, everyone had tried something like, oh, I tried weed or I tried acid or, and you're getting people who have just, some people haven't even drunk alcohol before, you know, well, most have, but you know, all of a sudden you get people who have absolutely no experience with any altered state. So yeah, for sure. I mean, it is starting to hit the mainstream. So I think that's where you're sort of, um, you know, your pro where the programs are actually are useful because <clears throat> it gives people skills for navigation and, and integration for stuff that would be completely not relatable to their everyday life previous to this. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the other side of this coin is, as you also mentioned in your article, is when, when somebody, you know, keeps uh, just drinking a lot of medicine. And I call this like ceremony hopping, you know, and people are just going from... And, and when they start to come off the ayahuasca high, they are like, I need another ceremony now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they do not really do a lot of integration and, and other, you know, additional healing work and, and, and um, like basically everything that they need uh, to address, you know, their own issues. This can go into like this spiritual ego and spiritual bypassing um oftentimes and and pe I, i've seen people really blinded really believing oh, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. that they are they you know transcended them. you know certain things and especially i think with the ayahuasca uh, i know a good amount of people who do drink a lot of medicine and and host or facilitate circles and stuff and they are very, very ungrounded. I almost feel like they are not even in this world fully and completely. So I, I, I resonate with that, that it can be, I, I feel that as we said earlier, it's, it's all about balance and be open yeah. up, but also be here and be grounded. And that can, people can get uprooted and, and just kind of float, <laughs> float away, you know? Yeah, <laughs> what do I you mean, think about that? <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that was me for about a year and a half <laughs> so, um, and I keep meeting people who I keep meeting versions of myself of where I used to be and I'm and they're they're like really triggering to me so I have to like be like ah oh, okay okay that was that was me but um I guess um yeah I mean it happens I mean I was reading about how uh the the you know some of the shamans in Peru like who've grown up with the medicine they're able to run five ceremonies a week drinking full cups like 50 weeks a year which is incredible. I'm like, oh my God, but you know, they've done 12 years of practice. They've done all the dietas. But then I think then what happens is that everyone here is just like, everyone's being called. And I think, you know, that's fine. That's kind of, it's a numbers game. Um, but also the way I see it is like, our culture's not used to any of this work. So this is we, like, this is a new phase <clears throat> of reintroducing this medicine back into our culture. And so people just assume, oh, I can, I can just drink this all the time and, and this will be the quick fix. And, um, and the thing is, you don't realize it's happening incrementally. Like I didn't realize that I'd lost my mind for about a year and a half until I did a boga, ironically. And it just sort of made me just face everything that I hadn't seen because I'd been drinking so much medicine. And I think that's a real danger where you just, because you're, you're altered all the time, your actual um, way of measuring your general ground state has shifted. So you're continually shifting um, further and further away of whatever normal reality is. <clears throat> and also if you're running ceremonies, I mean, I don't know, I could run maybe one every two weeks, three, four weeks, four weeks, three, four weeks was my comfortable thing. But I, I'm hearing that some people, you know, they're running every week or every two weeks, they haven't had much training. So and then on top of that, you're surrounding by people who by and large are having positive experiences. So, you know, everyone's telling you how great you are and you're drinking medicine at the same time. So everyone, everyone's, you know, it, it, people get really lost. So um, there's just deeper levels of bypassing. And a big trap that I fell into was like, you know, I drank a certain amount of medicine and I just thought, all right, I've dealt with all my stuff. I've, I've seen my shadow. And what I didn't realize was that there's actually the shadow keeps going. The more you more you move up, the more shadow comes out. But I just was like, no, I've dealt with all that. I'm perfectly 
enlightened now. <laughs> and then when the Boga showed me like all this other shadow I hadn't seen, I was like, oh my God, I had a total mental breakdown. And I just stopped everything for about 10 months because I was like, actually, I need a break. I need to just, and I really like being in my body now. It's really nice. I actually, everyone's always talking about the ascension, but I really think it's about coming back down to the earth right now <clears throat> because I don't know. So so resonate with that, and 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 I I really recommend to everybody to have some kind of movement practice like yoga or qigong or tai chi or something I, I, that supports me so much, you know. And I observe that a lot of people, obviously, who are called to these uh, powerful medicines, they are also, you know. Uh, carry deep trauma that they want to heal and when you have trauma you're already out of the body to a certain yeah. extent so healing is is that kind of anchoring and embodiment and feeling safe in the body you know yeah. and i feel that sometimes that element doesn't happen and and certain movement practices can really help people in their healing process to 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 come back and to ground and anchor into the body and into the earth which is part of the healing while you can still keep connect, you know connected and, and and open upwards of course yeah well, i think the more grounded you are the further up you can go but um yeah. i think a lot of people uh mistake healing for just feeling good all the time <laughs> and um that's just not the it's not realistic <laughs> yeah yeah and i think I love, you know, what you said about experience chasers, breakthrough addicts and uh, catharsis junk junkies. I loved all of your, you know, little metaphors and stuff. And uh, and, and I think this, this, this is probably one of the main messages is that healing is not an event, it's a process. And, yeah. uh, and it's, it's not glamorous, you know, and, and oftentimes even the ceremony is not glamorous, but no, definitely no. the healing and it takes a lot of voluntary effort and dedication. And I always say to people, it's like weeding a garden <laughs> and you just like yeah. keep, keep at it. And, you know, it's like becoming your lifestyle as well. And, and, uh, and it's a gradual process and, and it's a never ending journey. So, so again, that expectation that we have i think in the west of the, the quick fix you know it's yeah, very yeah. strongly present in this space yeah I, I think you can make quite a lot of ground early on because it's quite surface level stuff which gets yeah. healed but then but then i feel like after the first you know after a while then it's like oh i have to put in some work now otherwise it's just not gonna you're not gonna get yeah and like you said it's just a long process and you have to change a lot you'll probably have to change whole friend groups you have to switch all the anchors which are, are tying your previous self to the way it is and so you know it's, it's just a can of worms <laughs> yeah. yes totally uh and it can become like a crutch or even an addiction you know as as we said because a lot of people say oh you you can't get hooked up onto ayahuasca because it's not such a nice experience but I definitely seen people addicted to that high, that peak experience, so to yeah. say, and even in the physical purging and stuff, like I've seen people yeah, yeah, loving yeah. that part and, and feeling that, okay, I have to be, go to that level to feel that something is happening. And my experience on my healing path was the opposite, that it become more gentle and more subtle, you know? Yeah, and, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, I definitely. 
definitely that yeah that definitely uh, I, yeah when people say oh it's not addictive oh, uh, addictive is a difficult word i'd say dependent right um, i totally can totally be emotionally dependent you know um right i think because people just don't feel much these days right it's a very unfeeling culture so you know, you just go to an ayahuasca ceremony and you'll go through a whole gamut of intense emotions. They might not even be attached to anything, but just the fact that you felt something will just remind you that you're alive and that you're a human and people can <laughs> that, you know? And also they're in a community space. Where community aspect. And, you know, you don't, you don't have to mask around people. And, and that's very, I wouldn't say addictive, but it, that's just a basic need that a lot of people don't have uh, satisfied in their everyday lives. So absolutely it's it's from this perspective is more like church-like or cult-like aspect yeah, yeah. You know, that draws in a lot of people and I, I i definitely feel that you know that is also just the lack of we lost you know our communities and our rituals and stuff so of course people are craving that and and needing that um so um when we talk about you know the healing process and where you are in it <coughs> and and it's a never-ending process what is your you know like i always say to people that if you if you if you want to know how well you are doing then just look at how much your life change you know how much your relationships change how much your lifestyle change how much your values ethics behavior changed in a positive way and you know if you doing something whatever practices plant medicine or meditation and and your life is still the same as it was you know when you started you know years ago then maybe you're not doing it in the right way or it's not the right fit for you or something and i think that that uh, it's 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 a good way to measure that actually how how did this make my life better or not or i'm just loving the experience and the connection and the people there but i go back and my life is pretty much the same so how do you how how like how do you gauge you know where you are or where people are and how how can they have um, some clues you know on that oh geez that's complicated because you can never really fully speak for someone's experience and when I was running groups, I actually did, uh, I, I would pull some people aside, which who I feel were just sort of coming, <laughs> you know, not for any, you know, proper reason anymore. And that could be quite confronting. And, you know, I was like, well, who the, who the fuck am I to really judge? But I didn't also want to enable the process of dependency. Um, so I felt like I had to say something. And then if they wanted to keep drinking, then that was up to them, but I said it. So um, for me, it was like, yeah, if you can kind of just kind of, if someone's, you can kind of tell if someone's level hasn't really shifted after, you know, or if like, like you said, their, their regular lifestyle hasn't really changed that much, which is another thing which happens, you know, people drink medicine, they get like instant enlightenment for about eight hours, maybe a grace period for a month. Um, but then they don't change any of their anchors <clears throat> in their regular life. And so they slide back. And so, um, I guess it was more of an intuitive thing for me, you know, and, and also just seeing where, um, where the discrepancy between their talk and how they walk, I guess it was a, it was a big tip for me. Um, and also for myself, you know, I'm, I'm definitely could see it in people because I'd done the same stuff myself. So, so yeah, I, I guess it was more of an intuitive thing to see if people were still in the same place they were, but, um, and also you just see their patterns if they're coming every one or two months or every week um you know there's a good chance <laughs> that 
but I mean, you know, in general, I was finding people would come maybe anywhere between two to two to 10 times, depending on the level of trauma or whatever stuff they wanted to fix. And then after that, most people would just come back. They wouldn't come back at all, or they'd come back, you know, once every year, twice a year for a tune up. And I think that's totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a general pattern that I would measure other people against. And then if there were people who were coming every month, um, for like a year or two years, yeah. and I didn't notice much change, then I'd be like, okay, I think there's, there's some stuff going on here. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I would I would definitely say that that can be a big sign of, you know, changing your behavior and how durable that change is. You know, yeah. if it's just a grace period over this is something long lasting. And for that, we say at least, you know, a year, you know, you had that, you know, at least not yeah. just like, oh, I'm sober two weeks. I'm OK now yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, or something that. like that. But how durable is the change? And, and that was, you know, um, because, you know, I'm, I don't serve the medicine. I'm, I'm a therapist. You know, I have people in there. <laughs> prep and yeah, in the, in the integration. Putting a lot of chaos. <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, I really noticed that uh, that's why I created this program, because um, I, I follow up with my clients back to like five, six years when I started this right. program, I keep in touch with them. And, and it is very durable, the change, you know, they did obviously the whole, you know, the ter they did like therapy, you know, like for a yeah. year in conjunction with the medicine. But um, even, even though they had extremely stressful situations occurring in their life, you know, afterwards, that they, they managed to keep themselves anchored and, and positively respond and not backslide or fall back into old patterns. And, and, and that for me, shows that okay this yeah, is yeah. more durable and, and lasting this effect and and not something that is temporary so so we can we right. can reflect on that and everybody can reflect on that that is it like how you know lasting the changes are and that is with a supportive therapy program in conjunction right. with yeah 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 I can, I can see how that would work i think that's where it's going to be honest like i'm seeing more retreats hearing about more retreat spaces here where you're doing you know, a week's worth of personal work, and then you do the medicine, right. and then the results seem to be deeper. So, um, yeah, I think there'll, there'll always be a range of range of programs afoot. But um, at the end, <laughs> yeah, I, I I believe you know that for me, this particular medicine is such a um, a deep, like a, a powerful tool that. Um, I think, you know, that without any kind of support and guidance is very um, intense, you know, the experience. And, and I didn't really have guidance. That's how I ended up creating this program. It's probably, you know, another podcast we will discuss or personal stories. But yeah, it's, it's just like, um, you know, all in all, after like more than 10 years that, that I've have a relationship with this medicine i would say you know that the main teaching that i took away was that you are the healer and love is the medicine and everything yeah. else is just helping you to remember that and yeah. to to recognize that you know in yourself in some way just as the medicine or the yoga or the qigong or the your friend like yeah, yeah. people and and um 
it really, I, I think for me, until I found the medicine, I kept looking for tools, the perfect tool as a therapist, as a healer. And I was trained, you know, in like a zillion type of, and, 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 and I just needed, you know, and I was like, which is the tool, the perfect tool, the perfect methodology that will, you know, uh, and, and then with the medicine, he was like, you, you are the tool, you are the, and I was like, oh. Oh, <laughs> that's cool, you know, I mean. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, the medicine just fast tracks stuff, so. Absolutely, like magnifies and amplifies. Yeah, what, what is your takeaway with your journey, with specifically from the ayahuasca? Can you summarize it in some way? Oh, um, <laughs> it made me realize that I have emotions. <laughs> <laughs> As a man in this culture is uh, problematic at best, and that... Um, it was showing me like that I have this reflex where I think I'm going to be attacked whenever I'm expressing feelings uh, that I was able to disable. Um, like I said before, it showed me the existence of spiritual realities. Um, it made me realize I used to have this paralyzing fear of death before I started drinking the medicine. And it really, sh I mean, I'm still, I'm, I'm still, I wouldn't say I'm afraid of, obviously it's, I'm going to be anxious when it happens, but <laughs> um I'm not as afraid as I was before, which was like a crippling sort of fear because uh, it showed me, um, you know, the illusion of death and the, um, you know, whatever you want to call it, transmigration, soul sort of stuff. Um, I don't know. It's just done so much for me. It's just, um, I guess it's just made me realize that, uh, you know, we're all connected. It's corny. It's mm -hmm. basically all the hippie cliches are true. <laughs> that you know um you know we're all connected and and you know um we are going through some incredibly uh transitional crazy times um i was basically shown this download which was a combination of the matrix and the star wars <laughs> you know i'm still processing that to this day i'm like okay all right that's that's there's some pretty weird shit in there um but uh <clears throat> And yeah, it was kept on telling me, oh yeah, things are going to start really amping up and it's going to get crazy and everyone starts, needs to grow up and stuff. And then, you know, last two years started hitting and I was like, oh my God, all that stuff that I saw like five years ago is actually happening now. I just figured I'd have like 10 years um, to prepare. <laughs> so yeah, and I guess it just showed me, you know, the, the, the you know, the ultimate divinity of, of our true cosmic selves. Um, and um you know the unity and the oneness all, all that sort of stuff that that uh, the hippies were talking about <laughs> <laughs> that's read in the books yeah it, it was an experience yeah definitely i think that that's why it's such a deep experience because you know like you can read a book about buddhism and connectedness and we are all one and all that and you can understand it intellectually you can believe in it like there is yeah, like yeah. all layers, but but you know to to experience that on on a deeper level, yeah, that yeah. I think that that creates a very powerful anchor experience where yeah. people can kind of go back to. Yeah, and when when you're actually talking to a spirit and you're like, oh, okay, this is weird, and it's telling you information <laughs> that you couldn't have known any other way, or talking to your, in my case, I talked to my dead grandfather, which was pretty weird, <laughs> connected with him. Um, I don't know there's there you know as much as we said hey you know you got to do all this work i think they're the first few experiences 
you can't unsee that stuff. So that really does fundamentally change other people, <laughs> and you can't forget that stuff. So definitely the first couple of times, I think a lot of people, in my opinion, I think pretty much anyone who doesn't have schizophrenia or has any sort of latent issues should do it at least once just to have that reference point. Because I think that's why people are able to deal with stuff because they get given the, the long shot, the bird's eye view of everything. Mm. So, you know, sure they might crash their car or the bus might come late, but all of a sudden they're like, hey, you know what? It doesn't really fucking matter because, you know, uh, this, I'm just a small speck on this earth. It's really not that bad. Uh, you know, it's just a petty, it's a petty, petty mundane earth thing. So. I think that's why a lot of people get benefits from this medicine because it just gives them perspective. And as a culture, we're just so focused on the close-up myopic details of everything. We forget to step back and, 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 and realize that there's a really huge picture that we're <clears throat> just a tiny speck in. Very true. So what would you say to people who are just now uh, thinking about, you know, going down that path and they are in that place of total naivete and enthusiasm. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> I reckon just put a prayer out, pray that you have good karma and you'll attract the right person in. Um, oh, man, I would say don't do too much research because I, I get sometimes people will do too much research and they'll, they'll have these ideas about what the experience is going to be like and it'll actually block the experience from happening or they'll be having this completely different experience and they're so focused on this other experience that it's happening. They're not even consciously aware that it'll happen until like a week later, like, oh my God, I had this dreamlike experience. I remembered everything that happened, but I wasn't even there. So I would, I would warn against uh, researching too much. Um, it's really up to the person. I mean, if you're, if you really want to get the most out of the medicine and, and you're sort of a, the sort of person who'd study a lot, I reckon then for sure do some therapy. <clears throat> I'm doing some IFS therapy at the moment, internal family systems. And that's, that's been really amazing. It's sort of helping me um, decipher and interpret people's experiences, including my own. Um, some kind of somatic experiencing sort of uh, body work, sort of embodiment stuff. I mean, yeah, meditation, if you want, I mean, it's up to you how much time and how much you want to prepare for this, but some people like myself we wouldn't have done that so i think if if you really want it just send out a prayer and she'll come for you um and then there's a whole nother probably a whole nother podcast on how to discern or which which facilitators for you but um <laughs> absolutely yeah. actually we have already two episodes out there the dark side of plant medicine and the abuse oh, of yeah, power yeah, yeah. but that's always, you know, something that we can add to. And of course, it's not only specific to this area, but that's like present everywhere. So yeah, yeah. Good to be aware. Yeah, I think, you know, that um, one of the problem that I can see coming from the West, going into the shamanic cultures and then um you know learning to to see from their perspective then i i recognize that we were trying to understand something from a limited perspective that we have no experience so it's very difficult you know to describe it there is no no point to relate to there is no history yeah, yeah. there is no experience there is no heritage you know it's very alien so to say for most people yeah, yeah. And, 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 and I think that a lot of people like us, we are also here to kind of bridge that gap and have 
people, you know, to be, because it's it's a very different world, you know, and to reconcile yeah. with that, especially if you are then returning to your previous little bubble, you know, that that that's gonna be like a crash of clash of the worlds experience yeah, yeah, yeah. for most people have that experience and that's why some of the healings don't stay sometimes because they yeah. go back to their old world where people treat them like they were beforehand <clears throat> and and i think a lot of the issues which are coming right now is just basically we're reintroducing an indigenous like um you know way of seeing the world and being into a colonized space where um you know it's just there's this huge disconnect and so like you said i mean that's one of the main messages that i, I got told my first mm -hmm. ayahuasca experience she told me your bridge and there's <laughs> a lot of messages about mending the bridges and rebuilding the bridges and i see myself and you and everyone who's doing the medicine right now sort of in the first wave of trying to link these uh disconnected worlds back together again um as to the best of our abilities <clears throat> and also you know um these medicines were from the Amazon. So our culture is not even in any way linked to the Amazon, you know, so there's going to be a big transfer of trying to globalize this stuff because, you know, these people who were using it traditionally, you know, everyone in the village would have been using it. You'd go on a journey or a healing experience and you could talk to your auntie and then she'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, that I had something similar happen to me. So you want, you know, it wasn't a, integration was within the community. Absolutely. Yes, yes, and yes. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your experience. I, I hope that we will have uh, a next time, you know, when we can connect yeah. and talk about other stuff. I really enjoyed this conversation. Um, is there any um, projects or offerings that you would like to share with, with people right now? <clears throat> uh, yeah, I offer um, like uh, integration talks. Um, and uh, so, yeah, if you're in Australia, I also am running a range of workshops. So uh, go on my website, www.nicksun.org, I think, or you can email me at reconnectionworkshops at gmail.com. And I'm in the process of publishing my book, my first book at the moment, which is just a sort of uh, Gen X's humorous take on um, awakening through the plant medicine path i can't um, wait to to read yeah, that yeah. because i think we need this humor sense of humor yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well I mean, I mean i've been in so many ceremonies where i was like man someone should make a sitcom about this stuff it's so funny <laughs> shamans are crazy characters people throwing up everywhere so <laughs> i always think it would make an amazing sitcom but um, <laughs> um yeah so yeah so that's kind of what i've got in the works so yeah if you're interested for sure drop me a line and um yeah Thank you so much. We're going to share all your information where people can find you and connect with you in the description of the video. And uh, thank you all for <clears throat> listening. Please leave your comments. Let us know how you like this episode. If you have any questions, connect with us. And also you can find us on uh, Clubhouse. So if you, if you have Clubhouse app or you can download it and there is pretty cool psychedelic community there. And we have free uh, ayahuasca integration room there that I run and moderate every two weeks. But there's also a lot of other stuff going on in the psychedelic oh. space, yeah. So please join us with that and subscribe to, to the channel and share this video if you liked it because we are relying on you. We don't have any marketing team to do that. So if you liked it and value the information, 
share with your friends and uh, see you next time. Thank you for watching and listening. Thank you, Nick, for being here. More, it's my pleasure, you. See ya.